Welcome to Healing University. This is a continuation of our in-depth study of God's will and provision regarding healing, receiving, walking in, and ministering healing. This is lesson seven of section two entitled Faith for Healing. I'm so excited to present this teaching to you today. I know it's going to be a blessing. Thank you for joining us. Hey, let me ask you a question as we get started here. Have you ever been feeling fearful about a recent medical report or fearful about something that someone said over your life physically? Well, of course you have. We all have felt that feeling of fear, right? But fear is the opposite of faith. And you've probably discovered that fear is a terrible motivator. Fear is a tormentor. And fear will believe the facts or believe a lie, but it will receive it as if it were the truth. And that's the problem. It is faith in reverse. So we're going to get into this today, and I know it's going to be a blessing for you. So get your seatbelt on, because here we go. Today, we're going to talk about this and what this means. And I want to start with the book of Luke, chapter 8, and verse 49 and 50. They were given a report that their daughter was dead. But you know what? That report wasn't the last report. Jesus told them, he said, only believe, don't be afraid. See, here it is. Don't be afraid, only believe, and she'll be made well. Well, fear works with physical symptoms, but faith, on the other hand, works with the truth. Have you ever had somebody tell you even worse that the reason you're not getting healed is that you just don't have faith, or at least you don't have enough faith? Wow. Did it leave you feeling like you were lacking or inferior or at least wondering just how much faith it was going to take for you to be healed? Or how will you know when you do have enough? I mean, so many people have experienced things like this. So again, I've got really good news for you today, because if you really hear this, it's going to totally set you free. Praise God. Instead of fearful or unbelieving, you're going to be smiling on your future. Praise the Lord. Listen, if you're born again, if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, you already have faith. That's the good news. You've got more than enough faith to be healed and to live life more abundantly, not less abundantly. Thank God for Jesus. Romans 10, 14 through 17 says this, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Or how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring good tidings of good things. But, they have not all obeyed the gospel. And now quoting from Isaiah, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here in this scripture out of Romans, we see where believing and faith are linked together, powerfully linked together. You can't believe without faith but you can have faith and not believe. So, when you were an unbeliever, there came a day when eventually 
you heard his word, you responded to the word with the help of the Holy Spirit, and you gave your life to Christ. And according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you became a brand new creation. I love thinking about that day in my life, and I'm sure you do too. Because you heard what Jesus did for you, you believed it, right? You received it for yourself, and you were instantly born again by the Spirit of God, who made your human spirit brand new. So let's look at this scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.17 that I just mentioned. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So Jesus is not just a way, he is the way. And so receiving the supernatural life of God only happens one way, and that is through Jesus. We receive salvation through Jesus, and honestly, receiving anything from God still works that exact same way. So let me give you a huge key right now. Listen, we receive everything through Jesus, not through us. Let me say that again. We receive everything that we receive through Jesus, not through us. John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, what? Through me. So God is spirit, and he created us in his image, right? So the only way that we can have relationship with God, who is spirit, is in our spirit as a spirit being. This has to be the basis for our relationship. There are not multiple ways to have a relationship with God. Jesus is the truth, and so is his word. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, that word for faith there can also be used as faithfulness. But how many know that the Holy Spirit, His life, His fruit in you, includes his download of faith into your redeemed spirit. Praise God. All of that Holy Ghost ability came to live in your spirit, man, the minute you were born again. You may not have known it, but it did. You've had faith alive in you ever since you were born again. So according to 1 Corinthians 2.16, we also not only have faith, but we have the mind of Christ living in our spirit, man. And you know, honestly, for years, I did not know that the mind of Christ was in my spirit man. I did not know that it came with salvation and that I was already alive to the mind of Christ. I thought it was always something I was trying to get when I already had it. So we have so much in us, don't we, that we don't even know what we have. It's like we have billions of dollars in our checking account and don't know how to access it. So that would definitely be a problem. That, that, that'd be a sad problem right there. So how do we access what we have in our spirit man? Well, there is only one way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So once we're born again, faith doesn't just come from outer space someplace or fall on us from out in the atmosphere somewhere. Faith comes by 
hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let me say it this way. Faith doesn't come down, it comes up so that it can come out. Hallelujah, I love that. All the Holy Spirit made available to us, made alive in us supernaturally, is not natural or carnal. It's supernatural. What the Holy Ghost put in our spirit man is supernatural. The faith of God, this is why I say this, the faith of God is nothing like natural faith. Just like the peace of God is nothing like the world gives. Jesus said that. The world didn't give you Holy Ghost joy, like the song says, and it can't take it away. Hallelujah. Even the love of God doesn't compare to what the world calls love. What you have alive in you already is so far superior to anything that the world has to offer. Literally, it's priceless. So, are we going to identify with the hope the world gives, or are we going to identify with the hope that the Word gives? 1 Corinthians 2.14 tells us, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them. Why? Because the things of the Spirit have to be spiritually discerned. Make sense? So in Mark 9, 23 through 25, Jesus said, if you could believe, all things are possible. Wow. You may be asking like I did, man, how can I get this kind of faith? Well, the answer is you already have it. Praise God. You already got it. You just have to access it by the word of God. Again, faith that comes up is faith that is going to come out. Romans 10, 8 says it this way. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. You cannot separate faith from the word of God. Isn't that powerful? So faith comes through the revealed knowledge of God. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says this, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, what? These promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Listen, what a powerful scripture. I love that scripture. But you know what? When you know somebody loves you, and has your best interest at heart, it's really easy to trust them, isn't it? They build trust in your life through that love relationship. Well, this is exactly what faith does with God and with the Word of God. Faith will trust. Let me say that again. Faith will trust. So when you're born again, you've been given the measure of faith, the God kind of faith that comes to live in your spirit man. Let me read the scripture that refers to that. Romans 12 in verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. So how much is that measure? Did you get less of that measure 
than somebody else. When people come up and say, maybe you don't have enough faith, or do you have faith? You begin to ask yourself these kinds of questions at times, don't you? So let me answer, no, as a believer, you now have the faith of God living on the inside of you. You've got the same faith that raised Jesus from the dead alive in your spirit, man. Ephesians 2.8 says, for grace, for by grace, you've been saved through faith and that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. In fact, Mark 11.22 tells us to have faith in God. You know, we've never ever in scripture been told to have faith in our faith. And that's the problem with a lot of people is they're not putting their faith in the word of God. They're not putting their faith in God, but they're putting their faith in their faith. That will be a problem. So let me say it again. We receive everything through Jesus, not through us. Luke 6, 17 says the people came to hear him, speaking of Jesus, and be healed of their diseases. Hallelujah. The people came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Well, I believe that hearing, just like faith comes by hearing, hearing and healing are linked together. So we have to ask ourselves if that's true, and obviously it is because we just read it in the Word, what am I hearing? What am I taking time to listen to? And what's trying to influence my heart? If you're spending a lot of time listening to CNN, I call CNN constantly negative news. That's why, it's in, that's, why, that's why it says CNN. Listen, if you're meditating and spending time on all the natural news of the world and then wondering why you're not seeing victory in your life, well, what are you listening to? We've got to, we've got to take heed. In fact, Mark 4, 24 says this. Take heed what we hear. Why? Because it's absolutely important. Luke 8, 18 tells us to take heed not only what we hear, but to take heed how we hear. Because how we hear is going to determine how we live. So are you responding to hearing the word of God or something else? What, what is your faith in? Is your faith in the word? Is it in God? Or is it in your faith or something else? So this is why it's so important to be listening to the right stuff. Amen. So important. We've got to focus on what really matters. Faith comes by hearing, but you know what? So does fear. True. So does unbelief. So does doubt. But only faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we've got to ask ourselves, what am I spending my time listening to? Listen, when you go to WebMD and Google all your symptoms and spend time reading all the symptoms of that disease, by the time you get done with that list, you're going to be convinced that you're going to be dying tomorrow. <laughs> it is not a good report. God's got a good report for you. We've got to be listening to the Word of God because that's where our faith is going to be coming from. So if you're listening to the wrong things or things contrary to the Word of God, you're not going to have faith for healing. And faith is so important to the heart of God that without faith, Hebrews 11.6 says, you know it, it's impossible to please God. Wow, why? Because faith believes. Let me, let me look at it this way. Hebrews 11.1, I love this scripture because it really tells us how faith works by saying this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things 
not seen. The love of God expressed through Jesus makes possible an intimate relationship between faith and hope for each one of us. I like to say it this way. I believe faith and hope are best friends. Yeah, faith and hope are literally like best friends. So here's how it works. Faith paints the picture of what's available or what's possible, seeing it in the imagination, the spiritual imagination of your heart. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. Faith works through love, referring to God's love and how loved we really are, not how lovely we are. And there is a big difference. So faith works by love, but you know what? In God's love is where we find supernatural hope, the hope of God, the God kind of hope. Now, let me show you a scripture. Man, when I found this scripture, I got to tell you, I did a little happy dance. I got so excited over the word of God when I saw this because I knew it was going to not only be a breakthrough for me, but it was going to be a breakthrough for so many people, including you, right where you are today. Right now, I believe that God is breaking through with his divine purpose, his will, and his hope in your heart for your situation right now today. Are you ready? Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Here we go. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So what's God saying here? He's saying that in the love of God is where we find the hope. And this kind of hope cannot disappoint. Okay, but you say, what about Proverbs 13, 12? Good question. Because Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if Romans 5, 5 says that hope cannot disappoint, but Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, which is it? All right, let me help you with this. People can disappoint for sure. We've all been in those kind of situations. False hope can happen in the natural through well-meaning people, but that is never true of God. In God, in the love of God, there is no such thing as false hope. That'd be like saying false joy or false truth or false loving kindness. No, it's impossible. God is God. His word is true. And what he's given us is something completely supernatural that can cause the impossible to become possible for you even right now today. Hallelujah. Hope that is birthed in the love of God cannot be false hope. So in the love of God is where we find this God-given hope, this God-given faith. And again, there is no disappointment because God is love and love never fails because God never fails. So hope never disappoints. God's love, his peace, all the fruit of the spirit is not even close to the same thing the world talks about having. That's why we, we struggle with this sometimes in our understanding of faith and hope and, and what all of this looks like. But listen, faith and hope work the same way. It's not the same faith or the same hope that the world talks about in a natural kind of way. This is faith, hope, and love that is Holy Ghost breathed. It is supernatural, alive and powerful, 
and able to change sickness into wellness. It's able to change disease into healing and wholeness, hallelujah. It's changing impossible into possible and negative reports into good reports. Faith believes it, receives it, and takes a hold of it. You see it inside first in order to have it outside. Most people look at the condition of their symptoms to determine whether or not they're healed. I've done it, I'm sure you've done it. They look into the mirror, mirror on the wall to find truth instead of the mirror of God's word. Hope is like spiritual imagination. It paints the picture that your faith connects to and you meditate on that picture over and over and over on that promise until you become fully convinced. Not just, I think it's somewhere in the word of God, but no, you've got a picture now on the inside of you that you've meditated on to where you are fully convinced that it is yours. You're taking a hold of it. You're not just believing it, but you're receiving it and taking it for yourself. Romans 4.17 tells us in the King James, says, call those things that be not as though they are. And you know, when you look at this, it looks like it's saying, call those things that don't exist. But they do exist. It's just that we're not seeing them. So I can call things that are not as though they are. Why? Because I'm seeing a different picture on the inside of my heart that's going to bring transformation from the inside to the outside. So remember, our faith doesn't create it. It just receives what God has already created. Even to create a miracle wasn't the result of you creating something, right? God's the creator. He's the healer, not us. <laughs> Hallelujah for that. So we are not the sick trying to get well. We are the well-resisting sickness. We see ourselves well. This is how we live, in the blessing of the Lord, in the wellness of health. Romans 4, 18 and 19, speaking of this same passage here in Romans 4, I love this, this whole passage. But listen to this, Romans 4, 18 and 19, it says this, who contrary to hope, see, who contrary to the picture in the natural, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations, speaking of Abraham here. So again, who contrary to hope, he's 100 years old by now, God gives him a promise, and in the natural there is no hope. But you know what? Because God's word contained the hope for that to be able to happen. He says, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Here's the quote. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, it says Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. <laughs> and the deadness of Sarah's womb, wow. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. Oh, hallelujah. And being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. And you know what happened as a result. The promise not only was fulfilled, but he became the father of many nations. Sarah conceived, had a child at around 100 years old. Talk about supernatural. Wow. So 
Abraham became fully convinced, fully persuaded that God was able to do what God promised. So here's my question to you today. Are you? Are you fully convinced? Are you fully persuaded that God is able to do what he promised you that he would do? What promises are you standing on for your healing today? What, what does the word say about your situation? Not just the medical report or well-meaning friends or family, but what promise are you standing on today? What impossible situation do you have going on? Why would Abraham and Sarah start checking their body, honestly, at 100 years old to have a baby? Are you kidding me? Right? So listen, here we learn a valuable truth that's really going to help a lot of people today. Don't check your body for the truth. Your body can only give you the facts at best. Check the Word of God for your truth. We need to look at things that are not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. I love this scripture out of 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says this, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So listen, it takes no faith to believe the facts. Mm, that is so good. It takes no faith to believe the facts. It only takes faith to believe the truth. Praise God. It only takes faith to believe the truth. John 17, 17 says that his word is the truth. See, many people think that facts and truth are the same thing. No, God's word is the truth. And truth will always trump your reality. John 8, 32, Jesus said, you will know the truth. And when you know the truth, it's the truth you know that will set you free. Hallelujah. So we've got to connect what we believe and how we're thinking to the word of God. If we're gonna see the supernatural power of God and the faith of God that's already in us come up from us and out from us and actually make a difference in our lives and somebody else's life as well. When something's contrary to the word of God by what we feel or what we see, man, it is super easy to identify with the facts as truth instead of God's word, isn't it? We, we probably have all been there if we really want to be honest, right? Especially when we're feeling and seeing those symptoms in our own physical body. If it's somebody else's body, it's not quite the same as when it's our own body that we're feeling those symptoms in, right? But again, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, we walk by faith, not by sight. That verse didn't say we should walk by faith. No, it says this is how we live our lives as believers. Amen. This is how we live our lives as believers. We live by faith. Now, I'm not saying I want you to go into denial. You know, somebody said, I think that's a river in Egypt. I'm like, no, that's where you're living right now when you don't face the facts, right? We're not saying deny the facts. We're saying no, you need to face the facts, but embrace the truth. That's the difference. We identify with the truth, with God's word. We magnify the truth from the inside out and meditate in the truth day and night. Then the facts will become grasshoppers in our sight instead of giants, amen? Let the word be magnified in your life, not those circumstances. So again, I wanna ask you, 
What do you believe in your heart? This is why the ancient writer Isaiah wrote, who will believe the report of the Lord? Wow. You know, God's got such great things for us. And it's just like he's saying to us today, who will believe the report? Who will believe my report? We're, we're often thinking we're waiting for God, but really, you know what? God's waiting for you to believe the report that he's already given you. The report that is a good report. Wow, thank God for good reports. Listen, you may have recently gone to a doctor um, and a professional medical report uh, is factual, but you know what? It's not the same thing as the report of the word of God. See, the medical report may be factual, but the word of God has the supernatural power. It's alive and powerful. It's got the supernatural power to actually change those facts, to actually change that reality from what you've known into something brand new. I've seen so many people over and over come into our healing school that I direct or come into an event like Healing is Here and come with cancer and leave without cancer. Come crippled, come in wheelchairs and leave without the wheelchair. What happens? They begin to realize that, you know what? The truth is greater. Jesus is greater. And we've got the greater one living on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And as we identify with the truth, then truth always trumps reality. Praise God. I'm so grateful for Jesus and the incredible price that he paid for us to be living life like this on a daily basis. So faith in the finished works of Jesus is the opposite of faith in your own works. It really is. When your faith is in Jesus and his finished works, then it can't be about you and your works. Why am I saying that? Well, in the same way, healing is not about us, but it's for us. Isn't that great news? Jesus already took your sickness. He already took your disease. He already took your pain so that you don't have to. So my question to you is how are you responding to the finished works of Jesus? Symptoms of sickness in your body don't have to be received and embraced as if they were true. No, those lying symptoms are not the same thing as the truth. Jesus took your sickness. He took those symptoms. He knew you would never qualify for healing, so he did on your behalf. I love that so much. Thank you, Jesus. So many don't know what Jesus has already provided for them. And then those that do often make receiving it or taking it for themselves about themselves. So I'm going to make a huge statement right now that is really going to help many of you. And here it is. Faith doesn't create healing. Faith receives healing because Jesus is the healer. Wow. I want you to take a moment and just take that in. Faith doesn't create healing. Faith receives healing because Jesus is the healer. He's already provided everything that we need. Now watch this. Faith can only receive what grace has provided through Jesus. His grace provided it all for us, but now faith can receive what Jesus has provided. 
So anytime we make us the author or the finisher, we're gonna be disappointed with the results. I'm telling you, it's like a guarantee every time failure. Anytime we make receiving about us, we will be disappointed. And so many times I hear people say things like, I, I, I'm, I'm praying, I'm reading the word, I'm confessing, and they begin to go into this list of what they're doing or not doing, and they're making receiving about them. That's why they're struggling so much, because receiving isn't about us, it's about what Jesus has already done for us. I'm so grateful for Jesus, aren't you? Thank God. So again, we are not the healer. Even if we're ministering healing to someone, we are not the healer. Jesus is the healer. We've never been the healer, never will be the healer, so we can't make healing about us. Jesus is the one who already made the way. He is the truth, the life, the way. Not a way. He is the way, as we talked about earlier. So I'm reminded of this story in Scripture of this man who was sitting at the gate beautiful, as Scripture talks about it in Acts 3. Well, what you may not know was this guy was 40 years old. Later in the chapter, it tells us this. He was healed as a 40-year-old man, and he had been lame from his mother's womb from the time that he was born. When we, when we see this guy sitting here at this gate called Beautiful, he's been here for 40 years, right? So the day comes when Peter and John minister healing to this guy, and he receives it, and all the people see him being healed, and they're all filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Listen, when you see healing happening in our generation today, the same thing takes place. People are filled with joy. They're filled with wonder and amazement about what God is doing. Why? Because God is supernatural and God wants us to be experiencing the supernatural presence and power of God through the church on a daily basis. To everyone, not just people inside the church, but in the marketplace, all over the world, all over the earth, seeing the supernatural power of God. This is what happened here at the Gate Beautiful. When the people saw this guy who had been there for 40 years, they were filled with wonder and amazement. Now, Peter responded by saying this in Acts 3 and verse 12. I love this so much. This is why we can't make healing about us. Listen to what he said. Why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? See, Peter knew that this miracle that had just taken place was not about him. John knew the same thing. They knew it wasn't them. They knew it was the supernatural power of God flowing through them that made the difference in this man's life that actually changed his structure to be able to go from being crippled to being made whole. Hallelujah. So Peter and John just simply acted on what Jesus had told them to do, but they knew that they weren't the source of the healing. So we don't receive through us. Again, just to seal the deal. We don't receive through us, we receive through Jesus. Christ in us is the hope of glory. Amen. Then over in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, it says this, and his name, same passage here that we're talking about, and his name through faith in his name, here it is again, through faith in his name has made this man strong. See, where are you putting your faith? Are you putting your faith in brother so-and-so? 
sister so-and-so, in yourself? Or are you putting your faith in his name, in the name of Jesus, the name that's above every name? And when we put our faith in that name, just like it says here in Acts 3.16, faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, Jesus, has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, the writer of Acts here says this, the faith which comes through Jesus, see, this is the faith that's in you. This is the faith that you already have alive on the inside of you. This faith was already given to you, and this faith is what has given this man his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. I love that because you know what? God gets glory whenever people are healed. When people receive supernaturally the provision that the Lord has already provided, the glory goes to God. Not the person who's ministering the healing, not the, not the minister. No, God is the one who gets glorified because Jesus is the one who did all the work. He's the one who provided the healing on our behalf. So really our only choice, right? Our, really our only choice is to believe who Jesus is and what he's provided for us. Faith is really all about I believe it and I receive it. So if you really believe what God's provided and you really believe that your healing has been provided for what Jesus did for you, then you know what? Uh, you know he already wants you to prosper, right? And be in health. Why would you ever be depressed or discouraged or even mad at God as if God's holding out on you if you know this? See, it makes no sense because we know the good report. We know what God says. So God is never, ever our problem. God is always our answer. It is always God's will for you to be healed. It is always God's will for you to be made whole. When you go to see a doctor and no condemnation, going to a doctor, no problem. But when you go to a doctor, they're gonna give their best to give you a diagnosis, uh, but it may or may not be a good report, right? On the other hand, God's got a good report for you with your name on it. He's just asking, who will believe it? Who will believe the report of the Lord? He knows what's in it, but do you? So if you're believing for a miracle, then present God the impossible. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus is the one who said, all things are possible to the one who believes. In this passage of Mark 9, when the dad heard what Jesus said, he said back, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And you know what? That really is the issue for most of us. It's not that we don't have faith, but rather that we are so marinated in unbelief, we don't even know it. True. What do you believe in your heart? What core beliefs have you written on the tablet of your heart? You might be asking at this point, how do I know if I really am in faith and believing God? Not only will you be in peace, but there's gonna be a rest about it all. That's how you're gonna know. When you're really in faith and believing God, there's a rest and there's a peace in the midst of whatever is going on. It doesn't mean you're not ever gonna be rattled or you know, have opportunity to be discouraged, but there's gonna be a supernatural peace that's gonna be flowing through your life 
as a result of what God's done. No one strives when you believe you have it. When you believe you've already received it, what do you do? You say thank you and you rest. You rest in the finished works of Jesus, knowing that it's already been done. I love this verse out of the Psalm, Psalm 119. And it's verse 161, last half of it, and verse 162 says this, my heart stands in awe of your word. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Wow. This is the attitude of someone who's heard the word of God and believes it. There's a joy in believing that will be your strength even in the midst of challenges, just like there's a peace, there's a rest in believing. See, the fruit of the Spirit is still all alive in you, even as you're believing God. You've got the fruit of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you as you're believing God in the midst of all that stuff that's going on. It's not struggling, it's not hard. We make it hard when we make it about ourselves. But when we're really truly in faith, we're in a place where we are resting as if we have found great treasure and the joy that's coming from this is literally being our strength. Hallelujah. So faith is not hard. Faith is not heavy. It's not difficult unless, unless you've made you the source of your faith. If you think faith for healing is all about you and what you've done to qualify yourself, or that somehow your goodness is going to make something happen, you will be very frustrated to say the least. Wow. If you're straining and groaning to make the word of God come true, you're going to be super frustrated. It's like trying to get something you've already got. Listen, if you have not yet read Andrew Womack's book, You've Already Got It is the title of the book. If you've not read that yet, I would highly recommend that you do. It's such an awesome book. We lived in Southern California for five years as a family. And our church that I was an associate pastor at was about a mile from Disneyland. And of course, you know, being that close to Disneyland, we went there many times when the children were small. And we heard over and over that Disneyland is the place where you wish upon a star. And if you wish hard enough that all your dreams can come true, right? They call it the magic kingdom. Well, you know what? Uh, you may not know this, but many of us have this childish attitude toward the things of God. What do I mean by that? God has not called us into the magic kingdom, but he has called us into his kingdom. Amen? And his word is already true. We don't make his word come true. It's already true. It's alive and it's powerful. Thank God we don't have to make it true. Thank God we don't have to make it true. His word is alive and powerful. So we don't change it at all by believing it or not believing it, right? It's still true even if we don't believe it. Several years ago, right here, where we're filming this today. I had a lady come up to me after the healing school, and she said to me something like this. She said, you know what? I don't believe any of this stuff. I don't believe about the gifts of the Spirit or laying on of hands for the sick uh, or seeing them recover. And uh, she was just kind of going off, you know, with, a, with that report. And so she was telling me how she didn't believe it. And I, you know what my answer was? I said, don't worry about it. It won't work for you. <laughs> I can hardly believe it came out of my mouth, you know? Listen, Mark says this, Mark 16, 18. These signs will follow those 
of you, these signs only follow those who believe. These signs only follow those who believe. If you don't believe God's word, then you will have what you believe. So this lady was saying, I don't believe any of it. I said, don't worry about it. It won't work for you. The signs only follow those who believe. So man, don't be an unbelieving believer. Be, don't be a doubter. Be a believer who believes. A believer who believes the word of God. Listen to this. Our doubt doesn't change the truth, but the truth will change your doubt, your unbelief, and even your reality. God's word is truth. And when we know his word, we're gonna be able to get set free from doubt, from unbelief, and really free us from limitation. So this God kind of faith, again, just to recap, is not a natural faith. It's a supernatural faith that God has blessed us with, put into our spirit man. And now by meditating in the word of God, by identifying with God's word, by having knowledge of who God is, that faith that's in us comes up from us and then comes out of us. And that process of faith in us, coming up from the inside and flowing out from us is absolutely transformational. Not only for you, but for those who are going to be around you. Listen to this. The first thing in learning to win over any adversity, including sickness, is to stand on one of the promises found in the Word of God. Faith will believe the promise instead of the problem. I'm telling you, that's how it works. We never get to a place where we've heard it all. In God, there's no been there, done that, right? No, the Word of God is not like that. The more we hear, the more we believe, the more renewed our minds become, and the more we are transformed. Man, I've just seen where sickness and disease literally start to just fall off. In fact, one lady that I was ministering to through the laying on of hands had a tumor that fell off into her sink in the morning. I prayed for her that day in the afternoon. She went to bed, and when she woke up, that tumor had literally fallen off of her neck, and she saw it in the sink, and when it fell, it was a pile of ashes. Isn't that powerful? <laughs> there was a tumor alive and well on her the day before, and after the power of God got a hold of that tumor, it literally fell off of her because of the word, not because of me, but because of the word of God, and it fell off like ashes. Listen, God will turn your ashes into beauty for you. I'm telling you, whatever the enemy has intended for harm, God will turn it around on your behalf if you'll just believe what God has, has said. So uh, faith allows us to receive, again, what God has already provided. Jesus believed, and he didn't struggle with unbelief like we do, right? But I want to just end with this passage today in Matthew 9, 28 through 30. Jesus asked two blind men that came to him. Uh, he said this to the blind men. He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? See, Jesus knew that in, in his relationship with the Father that he could do this. But he said to the blind men, do you believe that I can do this? According to your faith, after getting a yes answer, Jesus touched their eyes and then said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And verse 30 says, their eyes were opened. Again, what do you believe? Let it be to you. What, do you. what are you standing for today? Faith believes God's word. 
and treats it like treasure, values it like treasure. So I believe right now that there is a powerful faith for healing, even right now in this moment. So let me ask you a question. Why not now? Just saying, why not now? Why not you? Amen. I want to pray for you. And I want to just release the supernatural power of God to go into that situation where you are right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just say yes to the power of God. I thank you, Lord, that you sent your word and healed them. And I send your word even right now into that circumstance, into that situation that looks so impossible. And I say, God, you are the God of the impossible. And I thank you right now for a supernatural power encounter with the word of God. Sickness and disease, get out. You've got no place any longer in these temples that belong to the Holy Ghost. And we say yes to healing, yes to health, yes to wholeness, no to crippledness, no to lameness, no to sickness and disease, and yes to the perfect will of God being done in all of our lives. In Jesus' powerful name, amen.